All right, we're in Luke chapter 5, and since Molly preached half of it, we can just go. Last week, I used one word to preach on, Hosanna. Hosanna is the picture in the Old Testament that, that cries out, God, I need you. But in the New Testament, it's thank you, God, for what you've done for me. All right, you with me? Now, you move from Hosanna to this story, and you ask yourself, what is the power of the resurrection? What is the power of Jesus the Lord? Why is it such a big deal in this part of the season? Well, in this story, what we find is that Jesus has shown up at a home, and word has gotten around, and people have heard that Jesus is going to be here. This is not a happenstance. This is something that's planned. So Jesus shows up at this home, and all of the religious leaders, most religious leaders, have shown up. And they've come from different, different cities around to get to this home. So if they're a, a Jewish scribe or a scholar or a Pharisee or a Sadducee, they have shown up. The judges, they've shown up to listen to Jesus. Now, it's, it's a little odd because in that day, it would be the opposite of what we do. Like it, back in that day, the culture would be that whoever was preaching or teaching, they sat and everybody else stood. Aren't you glad that's not the way it works now? Yeah. So, but Jesus was standing and they were all sitting. Now, the reason that would be the case is that these most religious people, these were the folks that feared Jesus most. And they feared him because he brought a simpler, more wonderful way to live than rules. All right? So Jesus is speaking, but everybody has shown up. And I want you to notice the very first point in today that when Jesus shows up, it should move you to listen. The very first thing we know is people showed up. When we know that Jesus is about to do something, we show up with expectation. Expectation is one of those things that radically changes our life. Do we come this morning with an expectation that God might have a word for me, that Jesus may want to do a work in my life? If so, I should listen. Look with me in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. And the Scripture says, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strong with Jesus. Now, verse 17, again, would suggest this is no happenstance meeting. I mean, these fellows had heard that Jesus, this young teacher from Nazareth, was teaching in this home. And they went and they, they, they had their ears to the ground, and they were listening. But here's what's more important. There were four guys that came along, and they acted on what they had heard. It's one thing to listen. It's another thing to act on what you've heard. Now, here's the, here's the bottom line of this whole story is this. If you want your life to get on a track where you can move forward at the fastest and best rate, the answer is listen for the voice of Christ and get on that road and stay there and have a long path of obedience. But you say, Chuck, I've never heard God speak. Chuck, have you ever heard God speak? Well, let me just freak you out a little bit, all right? I believe most of the time God moves in our life with nudges and promptings and sometimes pokes. The Lord has sometime in my life taken a taser to me just to make sure he got my attention. But there have been times in the past several weeks where I believe I have heard audibly the voice of God in my quiet time. 
And you'd say, well, Chuck, when you're in that time of meditation, is it possible that you're just going back crazy? Yeah, of course it is. But I am willing to say I'm not going to explain that away. I'm going to receive it with the belief that when I walk in the power and the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, my life is wildly successful. And when I don't, my life falls apart. You say, well, then what way do you want to go? I want to walk in the path of Jesus the Nazarene. You say, well, now, Chuck, all of that said, what goes on exactly in this story? All right, verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Now, that mat was probably like a piece of burlap, maybe a little heavier than that. That when, you know, we heard it as a kid, the story, if you grew up in church, like it was a stretcher, right? But, but there's no handles on it. It's just, it's just cloth. So this dude who's never walked before, never had strength in his legs before, these four guys come along, and this dude who's never walked is on this sleeping mat. And they grab the four corners. Let's look at the story and see how it goes. But they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now, I don't know if you think that's as funny as I do, all right? But the reason I think it's funny is that these tiles on this roof, now keep in mind, this was probably a one-story home. And the way those homes were typically built at the time, it had a small little courtyard area in the middle that was open so they could cook with, with charcoal and wood, right? And so that's, this was how they would cook. And so, and so you'd have that little opening, but everything else kind of happened in this big box. And so they, they climbed up, and most of the stairs, like if you heard it as a kid, you heard there were stairs outside. Well, there was, that happened some, but by and large, they fought their way to get inside to a stairwell. And they started tearing these tiles off on the roof. Now, the reason I think it's funny is all, this, all these religious leaders, all these pious leaders with all these 600 rules, they're sitting there, and they're totally freaked out that Jesus is saying, forget all of those rules, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love others as you love yourself, and that takes care of everything under that, and that's the law. Finish it. It's done. Jesus is overwhelming them with simplicity. And then the tiles start coming off. Now, the funny part about the tiles is they're made of straw and clay and animal poo. So when they start tearing those off and that stuff starts falling on those guys who've got those big funky hats, animal poo is hanging around in their hat. That's funny. I don't care who you are. I'm serious. That, how do you, I mean, that's, I know it's middle school humor, but that's funny. And so, well, to me, it's funny. And then Jesus does something in verse 20 that just blows their mind. He says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man. Now, stop. Who is them? Jesus saw them. He saw their faith. It was the four dudes that brought him. Jesus sees the faith of the four dudes who pick up the four corners of the mat, who climb up the stairs with this cat that can't move, tear open a roof, and they lower him down right to see Jesus. And Jesus says, because of their faith, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Now watch this. Jesus comes along, and he looks at this man, and not only do the, does this crowd recognize we should listen, not only do we recognize like these four men we should act, but now Jesus prioritizes everything for us when we do. When we listen, 
When we act on what Jesus tells us to do, when we walk in his path, he will prioritize our life for us. Because as this man is laying there, we know that we know that we know what this man needs is the ability to walk. He needs physical healing. But the first thing Jesus does is deal with his heart. You've heard me say it a thousand times now. Everything that matters is truly a matter of the heart. So Jesus, instead of saying, hey, dude, do you want to walk? He looks at this guy, prioritizes everything, and realizes, wait a minute. I'm going to take care of the greatest healing in this man. I'm going to deal with his heart. Now watch this. Right there, instantaneously, Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Could that guy have gotten his act together before he came? Absolutely not. Could he have walked to get to Jesus? No. Did he have stuff in his life that was absolutely miserable? Yes. What did Jesus do? Deal with the heart. You know what that tells me? That Jesus wants to deal with your heart. He wants to deal with my heart. He wants to make sure that before anything else, before all the worries you have, get your heart right. Jesus makes the priority saying, let's get the heart right. Now look what happens. This is classic Jesus. He makes this huge statement. Jesus says it was the faith of the guys holding the corner of the stretcher. Can you imagine how tense that crowd got? These are guys who have come to think this man has no idea what he's talking about. He's crazy. He's a charlatan. This guy, there's no way he's right. We know the rules. We know how church is supposed to be. We know that you've got to follow the rules. You've got to dress the part, act the part, talk the part. And even when you, when you mess up, you've got to hide it because that's the rules. And Jesus comes along and says, now I've got a whole new rule for you, fellas. I want you to listen. I want you to act. I want you to prioritize and the religious crowd gets so confused because they're thinking, how could it be this simple? In verse 21, but the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? I always think of that song, Mr. Big Stuff. Who do you think you are, Mr. Anyway, so I just think that when I see it, but you don't have to. But you might for the rest of your life now. But that's what I think. So this is what's going on. The Pharisees, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, what do you think Jesus is thinking right now? I mean, seriously, Jesus is thinking about what they're thinking. How'd you like to be the cat with the big hat on and the robe and the fancy chain and the scepter thing sitting there? You already got dog poo on your helmet up here. And now Jesus is saying, I've come to forgive this man's sins. And they're saying, but you can't do that. Only God can do that. And they don't realize the Savior of the world, God himself, has shown up in the form of Jesus, the Messiah. And they're like, but I don't know what to do. Listen to me. If rules are what you're looking for, when Jesus shows up, you don't know what to do. And Jesus says, but all you've got to do do is let me do what I do I love that that's worth one amen one y'all refuse to talk back to me today I don't know what you got spring break hangover or something that Jesus after setting all this priority in place demonstrates that he knows the hearts of the men and the women in the room look at verse 22 Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. I mean, can you imagine? Have you seen that car commercial where the guy shows on his phone? He says, hi, I'm coming to break in your car. And he goes, what? 
And he takes the flagpole and he goes to the car and he says, I'm going to break the window out. What? And a guy does that and he says, then I'm going to grab your car. What? And he keeps on going. Everybody in the room is going, what? Jesus, what you just unpacked, that doesn't fit the rules. The rules say that the church and the priests are how you have to get to God. And Jesus is saying, no, I am God. I've come bodily here for you. And watch this. The power of Jesus doesn't just make you listen. doesn't just make you act. Listen to what it does. It doesn't just make life get prioritized. The power of Jesus will cause you to remember. Jesus said to this guy, take that mat and go ahead and take it to your house. Now watch this. Nowhere in the text does it, does it say that over the course of time, this guy got some strength. What we find out is this guy just hopped up. Jesus looks at him and says, dude, well, he may not have said that, but he said, your sins are forgiven, and now, because I know all these folks are questioning the ability to forgive those sins, I want you to get up, I want you to walk, and I want you to take your mat with you. Why should he take the mat with him? Because I believe Jesus wants us to have altars of remembrance to know Every time he walks by and he sees it, I know who healed me. I know who saved me. I know where my strength comes from. I know who my strong tower is. I know who to run to because when I see that mat, I don't have to lie on it anymore. Amen. Friend, I believe there are people lying on spiritual mats all over this room and all over watching this live online. And they're waiting for Jesus to come and have the power for them to remember that he still can heal your soul. What Jesus forgives and saves is healed, forgiven, and saved forever. And nobody and nothing can take any of us from him. Amen. That's what I want to get linked to. That's what I want to stay in line with. Because the power of Jesus will also call to you to praise. The power of Jesus will make you praise. Look in verse 25. And immediately, everyone watched. The man jumped up. I mean, he, there's no wobbly legs. This cat jumped up and he got after it, wouldn't you? If you'd never walked and you'd seen everybody in the world walk past you and you've been begging for alms every day just to get by, and all of a sudden you could walk, I'm telling you, I'd be having at it. I mean, I would just be standing there hanging out. I mean, all of a sudden this cat's got Usain Bolt legs. He's getting after it. When I was writing this, I wrote the question, when's the last time you stood amazed at the presence and power of Jesus and you couldn't help but praise? I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song will ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. We stand just two weeks away from the greatest event in history. On Good Friday, the world literally split time in half. And on Sunday, Jesus walked out of that death trap. And we will celebrate that, but will the power of the resurrected Jesus cause you to listen, cause you to act, cause you to prioritize, cause you to remember? And will it cause you to praise? Today, I want to ask you to do two things, just two things. 
That's all. I'm going to ask you to do what hundreds did at 930. I'm going to ask you to take this bulletin right now, and I want you to tear that tear off out and grab pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara, and I want you to be able to take the part that says, this Easter season I'm praying for. And I'm going to ask you to put a name on the top and the bottom. Maybe multiple names, but I'm asking you to put a name. This is somebody you're going to pray for. Maybe it's you, but you're going to pray for somebody that over the course of the next two weeks, during the power of the resurrection season, that that person will have a meeting with Jesus like that person did on that bed. You say, well, Chuck, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I believe in the power of prayer. Well, then I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you, would you trust my power of prayer? Would you trust others' power of prayer? Would you trust not just us, but would you trust the person we pray to? Because honestly, I got no more power of prayer than you do. I'll tell you what I do have. I have a God I trust who I see do miracles day after day after day, and I, I, I'm sticking with him. Would you write it on the top and on the bottom, and then would you just tear that in half? And when you do, I want you to take one part today, and if you have a Bible or whatever you've got, stick it in there where you can't miss it. Put it in front of the dashboard in your truck or your car, or put it in your coffee machine, so that over the next two weeks you pray for that person. And I'm telling you, maybe it's you. But I'm also going to ask you to write a check, go on the app, bring cash to help care for AIDS. One of the most beautiful things about getting up and coming to an altar is that it is a picture of moving your heart just like taking a guy on a stretcher and coming to an altar and say, I, I'm faithful, I want to pray for this person. And I, I want to extend the life of a Kenyan with a gift of $300. She said, Chuck, I got three bucks. That's fine. Whatever you can do. I don't want you to give a dime more or a dime less than what the Lord tells you to give. But I promise you, th this is good stuff. And for those of you that are just tired of me asking for money, I'm, I'm not even sorry on this one. This is good stuff, man. So I want to ask you, would you pray for someone here? And in the spirit of the New Testament commission, would you give for somebody there? Zach's going to start singing, How Marvelous. How wonderful. And you come on. Let's sing. Y'all come. Bring your money. Bring your commitment. Just bring it to these offering baskets. Right here at the altar. Just lay them in there. I'll promise you the person that's on your heart, they'll be prayed for. I believe in every ounce of my heart. Those people you bring to this altar today, I believe the power of Jesus will fall on their life. I believe it will move them. I believe it will change them. I believe it will set a course for them. And I believe the gifts that you give won't just extend the life of a Kenyan for 25 years, but their family, and on and on and on. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he do this resurrection work in your life. May he do this work in the life of those that you come and bring. Let the power of the risen Christ to do what only he can do in your life. Go ahead and get on that stretcher. Trust the power of Christ. Let him speak to you. Let, let you act upon what he tells you to do. Get in that lane and trust God. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to live for him.
And when we do, he will radically change your life. Come on, church, stand up and sing it with us. Come on, church, sing with us. Come on, sing it, church. Y'all keep coming. Sing it, church. and let that Jesus that that Jesus that was in that house that looked at that guy and said your sins are forgiven and then he said get up take your mat home and remember let that Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight listen to me that's what he does let that Jesus go within you and bring you peace and joy fulfillment and contentment you know why because he will always love you and he is always good and on days where this life is just beating a crud out of you, let that Jesus bend over so you can hop on his back and wrap your arms around him and let him carry you through whatever junk you're dealing with only to set you down victoriously on your feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so he looks at you eyeball to eyeball and you can hear your Savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you. Go in peace. Make sure you see Molly out at the table.